if we can't exercise self-compassion, we can't give it to others. So it starts with us and it starts with being kind to ourselves and really checking in to what is that internal monologue that's running, especially in those perceived downtimes. What are we saying to ourselves? And can we treat ourselves the way we would treat a really great friend that we love? Welcome to She Empowers the Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kayla Lucas. I'm a mom of two, a family-focused chiropractor, a trailblazing entrepreneur, and a holistic mindset queen. I am on a mission to empower women to lead themselves and their families to greater health and wellness in their personal lives and businesses. Each week, I'm sharing inspiring content that will give you the tools to navigate your own wellness journey, grow your businesses, expand your mind, and take care of the ones you love. This is your space to feel supported, inspired, and empowered. Let's get into it. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of She Empowers the Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. I just had the most amazing conversation with Amy Lynn Durham. Amy Lynn Durham is known by her clients as the corporate mystic with a remarkable talent for seamlessly blending the necessary inner work for achieving optimal results with a touch of fun humor and profound insight. We talked about so many things, ladies. We talked about spiritual intelligence, talked about the four universal communication principles and how we can better lead with heart-centered leadership, with positivity and creating magic at work in our work cultures, how we can better create all of these beautiful relationships with the women and the people that we work with. I know you're going to absolutely love it. Amy is a person who really embraces the belief that life is more than just a monotonous routine of work and earning a paycheck. She's an executive coach. She's a certified spiritual intelligent coach and really starts to incorporate more of the business and the spirituality together that helps us improve both our personal and business life. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear the conversation and I hope you enjoy it. No, Thank you so much for being patient. I had a mishap getting into the office building this morning here. (laughs) No, no worries at all. I'm so happy that you're joining us for a beautiful conversation. I think it's going to be tailored to entrepreneurs in the room who are listening to the podcast, but I'm super grateful that you decided to come on the show and that we kind of connected through socials. I've already hit record. I don't like missing any parts of the conversation. I just feel like it's so important to get all of the stuff out there. Where are you at in the world right now, lady? Um, I live in central California. Awesome. How long have you lived there? I've lived here most of my life. I've been following you for a little while. And for the people in the room who don't know who Amy Linderham (laughs) is, we're going to have, we're going to unpack that today, but Amy Lim Durham is a leadership coach, a mentor, an edge walker. She is the founder of Create Magic at Work. Mm-hmm. She has her own podcast called Create Magic at Work. She's been named WOMEL's top 25 female influencers of 2023. I know when I'm looking at your socials, you're really talking a lot about having the work 
vibe, the culture, be something that's not monotonous and not just, you know, tied to making a paycheck. You also Mm -hmm. are an executive coach, a certified spiritual intelligence coach. And so you really like to combine the spirituality of a person and integrate that into the business. So I'm really excited to learn from you today and, you know, just kind of poke you with questions because I know a lot of people don't necessarily have that approach in terms of coaching of adding in the spirituality and the business side of things. So I'm really excited for today's conversation. So welcome, Amy, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of I'm course. excited to be here and have this discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think <clears throat> it's just so nice to have conversations that are not necessarily the run of the mill type of coaching. And I think that I've been watching you for a while and you really do put a lot of magic and beauty into your brand and what you are speaking about. But for the people who don't know you, I would just love for you to share who you are, what you're doing and what you are bringing into this world. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Who am I? Wow. That's such a big spiritual intelligence question. (laughs) So you kicked it right off. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So I'm a former corporate executive you know, worked in the corporate world for a very long time. At my peak, I was managing about a $38 million a year PL, uh, profit and loss budget, a statement. I had a little over 400 employees. I operated a little over, it would fluctuate, but about 90 uh, telecom retail locations. And I worked for private and public companies. And throughout that time, as I was moving up the corporate ladder, I was starting to feel like there had to be something more than this in my life. It was a very grueling environment for me anyway, the constant competition, the always hitting your quotas and your numbers. And at the same time in my personal life, I experienced a spiritual awakening. I had gone through some personal struggles had a spiritual awakening. And so I started combining these spiritual practices that I was doing at home in the workplace. And I was using them as team building activities with my team. And around that time, I was really seeing the impact that it was having on my team where they started seeing the humanity in each other. The productivity was going up. The profitability was going up in what we were doing. And we didn't have to have unhealthy competition. We didn't have to have any backbiting or anything else that kind of goes on in those cutthroat sales environments. And then I decided I was going to leave my, my job. I planned for a year and, um, embark on this life purpose of re-injecting myself kind of back into the corporate space from a different angle. And, uh, I put all the team building activities in my book, create magic at work. And I purposely designed the book to bring heart, human connection, childlike play, whimsical feel to the workplace. So I was very intentional when I chose the book editor. I chose a a book editor from Scholastic because when I was a little girl, I used to love going to the Scholastic book fairs. And then also the book designer is Chad Beckerman, who did the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. And then I have a really close um Instagram friend I'll call her <laughs> uh, Mary Bell Martin is the illustrator for the book she's very magical she's a beautiful artist 
And I just didn't, I just wanted to pay a real artist to put illustrations in the book. And it's, it's a workplace book, right? But it has all this childlike whimsical feel with illustrations and all of the secret magic behind it. So that was, that was the beginning of my journey. And that was kind of a long answer. And then it was, it was also this personal journey of combining who I was in my private life with who I was at work. And once I integrated those two pieces, the corporate mystic, <laughs> things really came together and I really felt like I could be my authentic self in any space. It really, really came about when I went to UC Berkeley and got my executive coaching certification from UC Berkeley. That was a really transformative experience and that really set me off on my new journey of building the brand Create Magic at Work getting my spiritual intelligence certification and all those things. And it's not a linear journey by any means. It's been a roller coaster ride for sure. Yeah, I was going to say just like you describing the transition of being in corporate, discovering that some of the competitiveness was not necessarily something you wanted to opt into. And then going back to that childlike play, it's very inspiring. We just had our daughter's kindergarten graduation and they had a scholastic book fair and I mm -hmm. went and it felt very nostalgic to like touch these books that you, you know, goosebumps and all of these things that I recall from childhood. Mm -hmm. And now you've kind of incorporated that into Create Magic at Work. So was Create Magic at Work, was that done before you kind of left your corporate career? I, I know we're going to unpack a little bit of Create Magic at Work because one thing that I know many entrepreneurs struggle with is the work culture, finding the right team, cultivating the right environment, the right atmosphere. So I know we're going to be unpacking that, but did you kind of have that set up before leaving the corporate side? No, I didn't. I really took a leap of faith. Uh, the interesting thing when I think back, which, which I don't know how healthy this was, I really planned on how I wanted to leave my team feeling and what kind of impact I wanted to leave in my leadership space before I left. And I didn't really have anything laid out for myself as far as the future. It was all about how I wanted to leave my team feeling. I knew I was going to write a book. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And when one day I was in my office and I was, I was planning on, you know, when am I going to take this leap? and thinking about some dates. And I went across the street on a break and there was a magnet that said leap and the net will appear. And so I grabbed the magnet. I still have it on my refrigerator to this day. And I just was like, okay, I got the chills. Some people call them angel bumps. <laughs> and I took the leap and I had fingers crossed that the net would appear. So it wasn't like I landed in this net and all these beautiful, magical rainbows and ice cream and puppy dogs arrived. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was like every step I took towards what I felt was my purpose and my message by one conversation at a time, by moving forward in this direction when I felt a creative hit, it was definitely a one step at a time kind of thing. Because I, I, I really want to share that because the story sounds very magical and it felt very magical. However, we have to put the action in place and the steps to, to move forward, to manifest and bring that vision to life, right? 
Well, of course, and I find that actually bringing your visions to life and the things that you're called to create and find purpose in, it actually is quite messy and quite chaotic. And even when you know you, we see people on Instagram all the time, I think this is really important for entrepreneurs. You see super successful people doing an amazing job and got great socials and branding, and you're like, wow, they have it so figured out. Nine out of ten times, their journey came with a lot of rocky, term, you know, tumultuous experiences. Yeah. So, I think it's really important to remember that, you know, even in, in all of our accomplishments and our achievements, there's probably a lot of blood, sweat and tears that have gone into making that a reality for ourselves. And it's most people who work in corporate or come from corporate, they're generally getting paid pretty good. They have good benefits. They have a 401k or a pension set aside. So leaving something like that and doing it your own way probably came with a bit of fear and, you know, doubt and all of the things that you had to work through just to become, you know, an executive coach and a spiritual coach and create magic at work and all of these things that you're doing. So I appreciate you saying that because I think it's a really um, humbling and important thing for many entrepreneurs to just understand that everyone's journey is unique and different, but it's going to come with some, some challenges. So what is create magic at work? I really want to unpack this. I have a team at work. I know a lot of our listeners have teams. A lot of my girlfriends that I talk to who are also entrepreneurs, we have very similar struggles. So please unpack for us. What is create magic at work and how can we have more magic put into our workplaces? That is such a fun question. So create magic at work. The the main framework behind create magic at work is spiritual intelligence. And that's going beyond EQ. And what Create Magic at Work does is I've designed some really fun tools to help you get there. Because when you dive into, I'm a certified SQ21 coach. So a lot of my private clients go through the SQ experience with me. And it usually starts out, it always starts out taking the SQ21 assessment. And it assesses you on 21 skills that are um, tied to spiritual intelligence and kind of where you're sitting in your life on those skills. So that's a really deep inner exploration for someone to take and for someone to step into. What I wanted to do was add some fun, magical ways to lighten it up and to just make it feel like, oh, I got the chills. Like I know I'm on this right path, like I was talking about before. So Create Magic at Work is an activity book of all the activities that I did with my team. So they're field tested that you can grab. And I purposely made it small because I came from that environment where, you know, the CEOs were like, just be brief, be bright and be gone. Like one letter word reply on emails and different things like that. I envisioned at the time I wrote the book for like the beer drinking golf guys I used to work with that had the best hearts in the world, but just didn't know where to start because they were just in these systems that didn't allow them to be vulnerable or courageous. Uh, so I kind of wrote it from that lens as well. And then there's all these companion products that, that go with Create Magic at Work. So there's a journal prompt card deck that's inspired by the tarot and they have affirmations and coaching questions on those. And, and they have illustrations that have deep symbolism in them. There's a journal, there's a flying wish paper. So you can take it into the corporate space and write your goals or your intentions and light it on fire and send it up into the air, into the universe or whatever you believe in. So that's, that's the marriage of create magic at work with spiritual intelligence. And the spiritual intelligence 
is really the tangible framework that leaders can grab onto. So it helps them feel like it's something real that they can practice and skill build in. And it's a faith neutral system. So you can be atheist, you can be agnostic. As long as you believe there's a place within you that can come from wisdom and compassion and love, you can skill build in the 21 skills of SQ. That's amazing. I love that. And I think that SQ, that spiritual intelligence that you're talking about before following your platform and kind of hearing you speak about this stuff, I had never really heard about it. We know what IQ is. We know the EQ is the emotional intelligence, but unpacking the spiritual side, um, I'd never heard that before. So that's kind of what I was drawn into. So for, for workplaces, did you design Create Magic at Work in such a way that the SQ is done by the leaders of the organization? something that all work people do together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I often run workshops that expose all people to what SQ is in the workplace, these elevated leadership skill sets. The one-on-one work is really with entrepreneurs, people that want to transition out of the corporate space or high-level leaders in the workplace. It's very interesting. And it has morphed throughout time, but I've been asked before, well, who are you, you know, when we get into this coaching space, you need a niche and who are your ideal clients (laughs) and all the things they tell you yeah, and, um, or who are your clients? And the interesting part is my clients are women that really want to tap into a deeper sense of meaning in their life, spirituality a huge amount of people from the LGBTQ community because they can live in a safe space with me and explore their spirituality when maybe they've experienced some religious trauma in the past. Mm -hmm. One of the most beautiful gifts I've ever been given is those clients. And then middle-aged white men that are in high-level leadership positions Yeah, I know. I'm just like, this is so, I'm just like, okay, like, this is so cool. Um, Because they haven't been given permission to be courageous and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. They, They haven't learned even how. So it's really interesting. You know, I'll tell you a story if you're, if we have time, if you're open. Absolutely. Yes. In the SQ21, one of the most resonating popular skills. Everyone wants to talk to me about it uh, in a one-on-one experience is making wise and compassionate decisions. It's skill 19. I mean, we always end up there at some point throughout the experience. And at a real high level leader, he um, has hundreds of employees. I mean, everything's confidential. I won't say the name or I'll just make up a name. And he came back a zero on making wise and compassionate compassionate decisions. And in SQ, we call them precious zeros (laughs) because we don't care about the score. They're just all are a basis for rich conversation. And we sat down and I felt the energy that he thought he was going to be beat up for, for the scores. And my first question to him was, I'm wondering how you treat yourself with the thoughts that you tell yourself in your head. I'm curious. 
what do you say to yourself when you make a mistake or when you think you make a mistake or throughout the day? And sure enough, he was like, I'm pretty hard on myself. I beat myself up a lot inside. And yeah, you know, I tell I, I t- my thoughts are pretty hard on myself. And I think that was a light bulb moment for him because, and I think it's important to share because if we can't exercise self-compassion, we can't give it to others. So it starts with us and it starts with being kind to ourselves and really checking in to what is that internal monologue that's running, especially in those perceived downtimes. What are we saying to ourselves? And can we treat ourselves the way we would treat a really great friend that we love in mm-hmm. those moments? Yeah, absolutely. I feel as though the hardest part for me as an entrepreneur uh, for sure is like the, the self-talk, making sure that you're doing it right. You're showing up well, you're guiding your team, you're leading well, you got your own stuff together in order to be able to lead people but it does come with a bit of um, harshness. I do think we naturally gravitate to that as humans. It's easier for us to believe the negativity versus believe the positivity about ourselves. And I think that's what you're doing. Like the spiritual intelligence side really has to be at the forefront of how we produce effective, beautiful, compassionate, confident, motivated leaders, entrepreneurs that feel grounded in what they're doing. Because I personally find that the the path of entrepreneurship, although it's super fabulous, it has a lot of triggering and challenging moments where you feel like you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. And so having having a little bit more awareness around this in the work culture, I think is the first step in us creating different types of work cultures that people genuinely do feel seen. They have that safety psychology because the leader at the top is promoting that. They want that. I've talked about that a little bit on previous podcast episodes because I feel like team um, leadership, building a team is such a core part of your success as an entrepreneur, but also like it humbles you because you can't do everything by yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you? What did you see, you know, coming from the corporate <laughs> world, what did you see was the most challenging thing? And what do you, what do you hear from people that you're coaching like, in the workplaces that are causing challenges for employees. Mm-hmm. So the first part you asked is like the challenges transitioning, right? To yeah. entrepreneurship. I can just speak on personal experience. I was kind of like, where is everybody? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's all me. I am everyone right now. And I used to have a huge team. So but it, you know, prior to that, it was, oh, let me learn these leadership skills of delegation and how to give responsibility to others so they can rise to the occasion and make elevated decisions. And when I first transitioned and started entrepreneurship, it was me. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no one to delegate to. Mm-hmm. Like I'm printing the postage labels or I'm doing this. I'm like, where is everybody who's scheduling my hotel or, you know, like, yes. and I, and I, and I called it, um, executive learned helplessness. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, I have executive learned helplessness. So I starting from scratch on the entrepreneur side, I learned all the ins and outs of everything myself. Yes, I have some help now, um, but it wasn't right away. And I really, really long to get to a point where I'm running a large team again. I mean, that's the vision for Create Magic at Work is that it becomes a really, it's a global brand right now, but I want it to have more people working with it, coaches, learning the system, all of those things. So I long for that one day. One of the surprises I had moving into the entrepreneur space, and I, this is just in the coaching space, I think. I, don't, I have a lot of entrepreneur clients, but they're in different types of businesses, Right. Um, was the naivete that I had about how I would just, you know, become a coach and everything would just, you know, I just throw something out on social media and everybody would just book an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that comes from um, that that executive learned helplessness, because when you leave your, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready to go through a journey, a spiritual journey. The 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 path is going to have moments in it that are going to rise up and really challenge you, and you have to be ready for that when when you leave because you really find out who really supported your vision. And then, you know, cause everyone's going to heart your stuff on LinkedIn when you're the boss, <laughs> right? So true, yeah. Yeah. So then when you leave, um, you really, it's kind of cool in a way, but it's also humbling. Um, but you understand who your message is really resonating with. Mm -hmm. And that's, clarity and that's important and it's also humbling well I think shifting your identity is hard mm -hmm. and yeah. actually giving yourself a label like even myself I'm I'm a chiropractor right I've been a chiropractor for nine years so I I am very comfortable with the label of chiropractor I'm getting comfortable with the label of podcaster of empowerment podcaster but it it was hard to actually like step into that so I think naturally when you're stretching yourself when you're going outside of your comfort zone when you're relabeling yourself identity wise it does feel a little bit like this is scary this mm. is hard and of course we want all of the success to flow in because we have this vision in our minds but sometimes the manifestation of our physical reality doesn't always line up with where our mindset currently is can you speak to that on a spiritual yeah, level too? absolutely so one of the skills of a spiritually intelligent person as being a wise and effective change agent. And if you really unpack the layers of that, I just became an edge walker certified coach. It's you're an edge walker, right? And edge walkers have vision and they have, they can manifest and they have this sense of what the future is. And that's so entrepreneur, right? Like I have this sense, I can feel this how do I yes. manifest this? This is my vision and my passion. And how do I risk take? That's another edge walker skill to bring all of this into reality. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. But I like the edge walker piece because it combines the five qualities and the five skills that you can amplify in order to do that. And so what I would say to someone listening that has this vision and this passion 
and they're working on manifesting that into their reality is leave a little room for the unimaginable. Because I think that sometimes we get so laser focused on how we want things to look Mm -hmm. that we close ourselves off to the unimaginable. And who are we to know what amazing things are waiting for us? Who are we to just shut the door on those things and just be like, no, I just want this Mm -hmm. because this is my vision. We have to leave room for the unimaginable and open ourselves up to that. That's a really big part of manifesting with me. Also knowing the future. Well, what does that mean? Well, I have a sense of the future. I know it. I want it to look this way. I can sense that it would look this way. Okay. I work with clients that really, really, really have high intuition that are attracted to spiritual intelligence at times. And they also have this creative, positive vision. And oftentimes they will leave data collection from the past off the table. That's one example. Because there's three, there's three ways that you can know the future as an edge walker. Data collection from the past and making decisions from that, your intuition or your spirituality or your gut instincts, which is like your vision and your passion when you're working from higher self, inner wisdom, compassion, not ego, mm-hmm. and also creative, positive visualization of that future. It's those three things put together that help. And often when I, I can shine a light on a blind spot there, if someone's trying to bring that vision, like an entrepreneur into reality, just sharing those tips, one of those, you you know, might want to do a check. One of those things might be missing, or you might want to amplify or elevate a little bit more. I I can tell you personally, when I left the corporate world, I didn't want to look at an Excel spreadsheet for, (laughs) I can't even tell you. I, I literally shut it off. I was like, I'm spiritual. I'm floating. I'm, you know, I'm just going to manifest all this. I can't anymore. I can't crunch numbers anymore. It's just going to come to me. <laughs> well, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. And I learned that the hard way, right? It was something I was avoiding because it it was causing me, you know, to go back to that space. So yeah, just a personal story and some tips there. For but I think it's just the, the resistance, right? There's always going to be resistance that comes up in mm-hmm. us, but the resistance is sort of the light that comes on in a messy room where you're like, oh, I still have to work on this or I still need to unpack (laughs) that. Well, it's true, right? Like we we have all of these like traumas or these preconceived notions, these conditionings, these self-limiting beliefs that we sort of take on as truth over the course of our lives and breaking out of those patterns when we are developing, you know, our entrepreneurial backbone, because it does take a little bit of guts and grit to continue. It does feel like what what's going on, right? So you have to be willing to unpack the internal stuff, I think, to get to any next level. So that just comes mm-hmm. through lessons, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I wanted to inquire, you know, I am I am a team leader. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I have conversations with other entrepreneurs, a lot of it's like 
we have a really hard time finding the right people. We have a really hard time mm. keeping the right people. We have a really hard time, you know, just cultivating the right work atmosphere. And I know that that's what you're coaching a lot of your clients on and hosting a lot of your workshops with and sort of what is behind Create Magic at Work, right? Is this mm -hmm. childlike play, this mystic part of us. So what can we say to these entrepreneurs, these women, these people who are struggling to make their team and their work culture feel really good and like a place where people want to stay in? Yeah, really good question. First would be to do that inner check. Is my side of the street clean? Am I operating from wisdom and compassion? If you want to lead for the greater good, mm -hmm. <laughs> if that's a place you, you want to come from, that's who I coach. And, and so it starts with you and a check of who's in the driver's seat, ego or higher self. And if I've seen this in the corporate space, and I hear it also with my clients that struggle with, like you just said, finding the right team. And often I see a few things. The first is rushing to quick fixes. That's the opposite of a wise and effective change agent. I don't have time. I just need somebody who can do their job and this person can't. So I'm just going to replace them. Is that really the legacy we want to leave? If this person is wanting to do work for the greater good and wanting to learn and wanting to be mentored into something that could last a lot longer and do a really great job. I've seen that a lot. Uh, I've seen fear of having real and meaningful conversations. I can't tell you unpack that. Yeah. Unpack yeah. that. A little bit. What do you mean by that? Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have coached clients through having a proper, meaningful discussion with someone that they needed to have that they work with on a daily basis that I don't even know, which of course that's what a coach is for. Right. Um, working through, especially with women, and I'm, I'm generalizing here, um, the uncomfortability of, of addressing, um, some addressing conflict. They're afraid of conflict. They're afraid of something rising up and something becoming bigger. And then when you don't say anything, it becomes even bigger. And so the transformation that I've seen, I'm thinking of one client in particular, where they would just hold everything in and lose sleep at night and be if something was off at work or if there was drama at work um it, and they were just so like i want this to go away if you address it in a loving and kind way it changes the game and that's where a coach comes in that helps you ha come up with the right language to be able to do that and it's a practice and you're not going to get it right every time but as these situations come up I don't think anything trumps just a meaningful conversation with someone. And there's jokes on Instagram, like in the corporate space, like, oh gosh, like I just got a message from my boss. Can you, can we hop on a call? <laughs> <laughs> so, and like, that gives like those panic feelings to some people. Right. But I think if you're a leader that is operating from a spiritually intelligent space, you can navigate that in a much better way and have much better results. There's four universal communication principles that every leader should use 
and remember and practice. They're from Dr. Angelise Arian. She's a cultural anthropologist that studied cultures all over the world. And she found that these four communication principles connect any human in the world. The first is show up and choose to be present. Choose. Show up and choose to be present. The second is pay attention to what has heart and meaning. The third is tell the truth without blame or judgment. And then the fourth is be open to outcome, but not attached to it. Who's, is that for, from a book? Um, it's from Dr. Angelise Arian. She's a cultural anthropologist and she does have a book. It's called The Fourfold Way. And she dives into each one of those universal communication principles. And so each one has a different leadership style to it. So the visionary, the warrior, the teacher, all the different aspects or archetypes that you can lean into as a leader. I feel like this stuff has not been taught enough, like in our, our, I'm 33 years old. I don't know how old you are, Amy, but I feel like this stuff has not been taught. And now as we are grown adults and we're doing our own thing, I'm finding that the more I learn about entrepreneur life and leadership, the more I realize, like, I don't know a whole lot, right? There's so much better. Well, I don't say better, but the ways in which I've witnessed leadership and the ways in which I've been led has not always been around these parameters. So I love what you're Mm -hmm. unpacking here for people, because I think it's really important to lead with that heart-centered value. I know a lot on your posts, what I love actually about your posts, you talk a lot about close work friendships being a catalyst Mm -hmm. in employee satisfaction. And this is really different than what we typically hear. Most people will advise you to keep relationships very professional, very separate, and you're talking about it in a different way. So I really wanna actually unpack that a little bit because I think that as entrepreneurs, there's this fine balance of personal and professional relationships and how to keep it that way. But you're kind of talking about it from a catalyst point of being a different way of leading. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not without boundaries, right? Because I get a lot of clients that feel burnt out because they have had their boundaries obliterated as the leader and they are being overly empathic or empathetic to their team and they're taking on everything. The close work friendship piece is definitely calling out those places where they say you're not allowed to be friends with anyone. Mm-hmm. They might not outwardly say it in that way. What you're what's happening in those situations is you are cutting off innovation and inspiration for your own business in the workplace. Yes. 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 We can have professionalism. Yes. We can have healthy boundaries. However, um, I'll share a story from, from the, one of the pioneers of SQ, Dana Zohar. She's a philosopher and a physicist. She wrote a book called the quantum leader. And there's a story of an organization that brought in a consulting team And the consulting team analyzed everything. How can we be more productive? How can we, you know, increase our revenue, all the things. And they said, well, your teams are hanging out by the water cooler too much. They're wasting payroll time. And so the company swept in and removed all of the the water coolers and productivity went down. 
be, because they were taking away the hangout. So what was happening during that in that hangout space, quote unquote, where people were just being friendly with each other? Well, guess what was happening? They were sharing. They were having shop talk. They were sharing ways that they do their job with others, shortcuts, productive shortcuts, better ways of doing things on a project just by casually chit-chatting in a comfortable environment. It's a game changer. And so if you realize that as a quantum leader, yeah, you want everyone to be comfortable and be able to speak with each other and support each other, see the humanity in each other. I would do a connecting activity with my team that had nothing to do with our goals. And I know they would walk off and maybe they would hear that one person is struggling because their mother is sick, or maybe they shared it in a journal moment that we had in a team build. Well, the other team member would call them when we would leave. Hey, do you need help finishing this project? I heard what you were going through. If you don't have mm -hmm. that type of environment, it really hinders where your where your organization is going to go and the, and the spirit of your organization. And my ultimate thought in that is, you know, people are going to choose to work for these highly spiritually intelligent organizations more over time. And these other ones will hopefully, you know, die out and the picture. won't have toxic workplaces anymore. That's the dream, right? That's the vision. Well, I think it just also brings humanness to the work environment because we do spend a good majority of our life working. And so the goal is to enjoy where you're going. If you're physically leaving your, your home or if you're working on a team online to enjoy the people you're communicating with and building community with. And I think that that's one of the greatest things you can do as like you say, a quantum leader for your team work culture because if you don't have that it really doesn't matter your pay like like i said most people in corporate they're getting paid well they have this pension mm -hmm. set up they have like good benefits so people leave not even from always a financial standpoint but from mostly like the emotional takeaway they feel day in day out and if it's adding stress to their life or if it's not and I hear pretty much every day when I'm going in and adjusting my patients, it's like we are dreading Monday and we are so looking forward to Friday. And it's not because of them. It's because they just don't like the actual culture of the workplace. Mm -hmm. You talked a little bit about boundaries earlier as leaders, and I think that's super important. But one thing that I really feel for myself and that I see outwardly is that we can really get this sense of burnout. And so as leaders, you know, how do you advise your clients to avoid and get rid of burnout? And is something is burnout something that is just inevitable as an entrepreneur or a business owner or a leader? Yeah. So from a macro perspective, it is possible to to prevent and alleviate burnout. And the way that it's possible is by having leaders, I don't want to be redundant here, but this is the true answer to your question, is by leaders who are leading from wisdom and compassion. There's a Harvard Business Review study that has all the data that backs it up. If you have a leader, if you have leaders and organizations in your business, if you're an entrepreneur, that that's one of your values is that you're leading with wisdom and compassion and you work on that, burnout can decrease by 64%. 
What? Yes. It's a very huge statistic. I actually wrote an article on it. I can share it with you in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, It has to be both. If it's just wisdom, then the percentage is about cut in half. But think about it, right? We talk about all this self-care. You talked about people that have the Sunday scaries. Mm -hmm. They they don't want to go to work on Monday. Um, And we try to do all of these things that help possibly put a Band-Aid on what's going on. But we're still walking into these systems and these environments that we're actually kind of having to shelter ourselves from. You know, I need I need an adjustment. I need a massage. I I need to do all of these things just to gear myself up to be in this environment for a week. It's almost like I have to shelter myself. And then Friday I'm exhausted yeah. and I have to go do the whole thing all over again. What if we had wise and compassionate leaders and that environment you walked in didn't feel that way anymore? What if you started working on that yourself? Mm-hmm. If you were, I always say, if you're in a toxic environment, workplace environment, it's not your place to overhaul it. Like, don't try to take that on. However, try to do what you can with, to, to be a, a wise and effective and compassionate person. Everybody's a leader. And if it's getting to the point where it's affecting your health, your mental health, well, then it's time to maybe talk to a coach or, or think about making some changes for the better. Mm-hmm. But back to my original statement, if we have leaders leading from wisdom and compassion, that overall environment is not going to feel that way when you walk in. Right. And so right away, you know, this is all about systems we've been placed in that just aren't working anymore for people. Yeah. 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 So you're talking a lot about wisdom and compassion and and the entrepreneurial, my, my entrepreneurial brain is going, well, wisdom comes from experience. And compassion is something that you cultivate, I think, within yourself first. So for entrepreneurs who are either fully experienced, like, do they have more wisdom? Can wisdom be learned more quickly? Like, how do you kind of guide your clients on that wisdom and compassion to create that quantum leadership, Amy? Does that question make sense? No, that's a really good question. I was just thinking it through. The first thing I would, I would look for is how are you doing with self-compassion? We have to start there. As I mentioned before, where are you at in being kind to yourself? Once we, we dive into that, then we can move on to, okay. And usually that self-compassion piece comes with setting proper boundaries. I mean, it inevitably comes up if somebody is feeling overwhelmed, especially in my experience, women, they typically are feeling exhausted because they're overgiving and we need to do a boundary reset and even like a value, a, a look at values and stack rank them from an SQ lens. As far as running a team goes, releasing control. Mm. <laughs> my brain's like, what? <laughs> it's that's a hard, especially the entrepreneur, right? Because it's like, that's your baby. That's your business. How do I let go and realize that others might take a different way to get the same results, but I just want that result. Mm -hmm. How do I put that trust in my team? How do I, and, and it just starts with doing it and it feels a little scary. I remember when I first handed over my social media 
to someone to help me because I just couldn't keep up with it. But I, I want people to hear these messages because they're so powerful and I, I hope they help. It was awkward. You know, I, I, of course I, I review all my content. I write all my content, but just even that I was like, oh my gosh, letting control of that was really hard, but I have so much time now to show up for my clients in a way that I haven't been able to before when I was working on that. Right. So there's some wins there. Those are just a couple examples. And then, um, really when you're making decisions, it's really good to consider the feelings of everyone affected by a decision. That's, that's a wise and effective change agent. That's wise and compassion, compassionate leadership. Make sure you're operating from your higher self or your inner sage when you're making decisions for your business, because we really want quantum leaders in the world because they make business decisions, not just for profit or for customers or clients, but they make decisions for the communities and planet and humanity as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those would kind of be my three tips there. No, that's beautiful. I love how you said releasing control because delegation is something that I've personally found really hard. Like you said, your business is your baby and you've worked so hard to make it what it is. And then you have people who want to help you and they're like, give me this. And you're like, well, are you sure? Like, you know, you, and, you, and one thing that I totally hated when I was working in, you know, different environments was being micromanaged. And so mm -hmm. want to kind of like create a culture where like the team feels empowered to do the things, like you said, step up and, and make stuff happen, but it's hard. It's really hard. And I think it's something, like you said, you just have to keep doing it to maybe find a little bit of comfort in the journey. Mm -hmm. And also one of the really key things to remember from a, a spiritually intelligent perspective, from a, a quantum leadership perspective is be okay with mistakes or expect mistakes. Because if we expect everyone to do something exactly the way we did it, if we expect perfectionism, we don't leave any room for innovation. And so when you delegate, if you're an entrepreneur starting to release control, it would be really, really cool to operate from a space where you are like, oh, there's going to be mistakes here. And I'm excited about that because when the mistakes happen, innovation happens and we learn. And, and right there in, in large, large organizations, that's really when innovation happens is when you're right on the edge of chaos, not when you fall off the edge, but when you're on the edge. So you can get excited now. And be like, whoa, what did we learn from this? We're right on the edge of chaos. Something big and really amazing is going to come. Like, let's look for that. Like, where is that? Because I know that's true in quantum leadership. And that's a mindset shift too, I think, right? Like Definitely. believing that there is going to be mistakes up. We don't have to panic. We need to learn from them, reroute, pivot if we need to, and kind of move forward. Mm -hmm. So for people who, you know, never tackled spiritual intelligence, this is my first time even like learning about it on this type of level. You know, what are some ways entrepreneurs and leaders can make an impact, you know, a spiritually intelligent impact and create magic in the workplace? Like, where would you first start, Amy? Would it be with that questionnaire or would it be with self? Like, where would you say from an entrepreneurial standpoint to start? Well, of course, I'm going to say it would be with the SQ21 assessment because it gives you all 21 skills and it tells you what level you're sitting at right now in your life. And that's something that I offer. If you just want something 
that you're like, I'm not in a space where I'm looking for support from a coach, then I would offer, start thinking about who's in the driver's seat of your life. Is it your ego or your higher self? And what percentage of the day is your higher self in the driver's seat? And can you move that up a little bit higher? You know, when are you feeling really flooded? When are you feeling triggered? When are you just feeling defensive and irritated and all these things? And how can you move to where you feel like you're a more calming and healing presence, where you're more aligned with the ebb and flow of life? Maybe you just take five minutes in the morning to take some deep breaths or take a walk out in nature to feel really clear. Um, It's all about tapping back into that. What does it feel like for you? when you feel really tapped in and you feel really calm and healing and aligned with the ebb and flow of life. And that takes work, but there's all sorts of different things out there that people resonate with that they can do. It's not just meditation. Everyone goes to that. We'll meditate. Well, maybe that's not, that's not what you want to do and that's okay. But what is it for you? And that would be my coaching question. Think about that. And, um, yeah, if you want to take the SU21, I'm obviously here for you. It's my one of my passions. It's something you take with you for the rest of your life. So. Mm-hmm. And this is something you created inside Magic at Work, or this was separate from that? The SU21 is separate. It's a it's this it's the certified spiritual intelligence coaching piece. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing those nuggets of wisdom. I have one last question. And I if you want to share more, you totally can, but you said before, like, we kind of need to go within to sort of have this sense of empowerment for the external side of whatever it is we're creating in our leadership. So Mm -hmm. are there things that you recommend doing, maybe not from a point of like the SQ21 um, Mm -hmm. questionnaire that you're talking about, but more so to lead from a heart-centered and positive way? Like how you said before, you're choosing to show up that way. Mm -hmm. How can we do that on a regular and consistent basis? How can we let our highest self lead from that Mm -hmm. place? I would offer, I want to use the word ritual. Before you show up for someone else, you envision, you know, before I show up for this podcast interview, let me show up and have low self-orientation. This isn't about me. This is about the message and the one person that might hear this that has a little bit of a better day because they heard this message. So let me get out of my own way would be just something quick and easy to say to yourself. Like, let me get out of my own way. One of the biggest ways to build trust for the greater good is to have low self-orientation. Meaning when I show up in a Zoom talking to Dr. Kayla, I work really hard to stop thinking about myself, what I look like, um, how I'm going to come across the nervousness I might have when I'm speaking. And I take a really deep breath and I say a mantra, an affirmation, a prayer, let me get out of my own way and just give me the right words to serve whoever's listening. Cause that's what we're here for. We're, you're a healer. I'm a healer. We're just in different areas of business. And Mm -hmm. so if we can do that, I think that's a really easy way to start. Also, if you're working with a team, it's in the book, Create Magic. There's all these fun little quick things you can do with teams in the book 
So if you're an entrepreneur trying to work on really connecting your team and elevating them, the book's great for that. Um, you can just start off a meeting with someone sharing, everyone sharing their favorite quote. I want to hear what your favorite inspirational quote is. It sounds cheesy. Some people might laugh. I did this with like grown men and like hardcore sales. They needed this so bad and they didn't know it and they might laugh, but it's okay because the things that are shared are so impactful and it, it lives in their consciousness. Journaling, the journal prompt card deck. Everybody, I'm going to pick a card for you. Here's our affirmation for the day. And everybody rapid write your answer to this question and we'll share it before we dive in. Or you can do it at the end of the meeting. So everyone leaves on this beautiful, energetic, high vibe space. Did that answer your question? <laughs> totally did. And okay. I feel like it just like re-solidified this notion that we need to be like meeting with ourselves, but we also need to be like meeting with our teams on a very regular and consistent basis and checking in with them. I've worked in places where like the staff meeting, it's just, it's so stifling. It's all about the next sale, what the projections are, what the budget is. And then when you actually step into team building exercises that bring you closer together, that give you insight on the people that you're working with, what their perspective is, what their experience is, what their mindset is, I feel like that is worth so much more than some of the logistical parts of owning a business and having a team and creating a beautiful thing. So I love everything that you said. I think a lot of it really comes down to that mindset and taking ownership of building yourself up and building others up around you. So I'm so grateful for the conversation today, Amy. Do you have anything else you wanna add before we, before we stop recording? We covered a lot today. There are so many little gems of wisdom that I hope people take away. I do like to share, especially, there's two things that are coming up. So I'm gonna pick one, cause this is for entrepreneurs. I love to share, I talked about her before, uh, Angelise Arian. And this is something that you can ask yourself every day. If you're feeling that struggle, if you're feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing, if you're maybe hitting a bump in the road in your business, um, or even if you're high flying and like everything's like flowing right now, which is such a cool feeling. A way to pull yourself into your higher self, if you feel like your ego is getting triggered, if you can remember this, if you can stop before you go down that road. Dr. Angelise Arian, she shares in her TED talk, there are two companions with us uh, when we're born and they stay with us from the cradle to the grave. And I, I, I go to this all the time for myself. So I'm sharing it. On the left is death. And every day death will ask you, are you using this great gift of life? Well, are you using this great gift of life? Well, and the other companion on the right is destiny. And destiny will ask, are you doing what you came here to do? Are you doing what you came here to do? And if you remember that, that's a really great way to big picture view your life and pull you back to your higher self. Are you using this great gift of life well? And are you doing what you came here to do? That's so, so beautiful. That hit me a little bit. Thank you so yeah. much for hearing that. Yeah, for sure. It makes I think me cry too. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's like you, you really, I feel as I'm getting older or my soul or my spirit is evolving. I find that I really am like, am I squeezing the juice? Am I squeezing the juice out of life? Like, am, can I do more? Could I do better? 
Can I expand more? Could I have a more of a growth mindset? Could I learn something new? And I think it's a really important thing to come back to is like, don't get too stuck in where you're at now, but be open to what you are calling in and how you are using this beautiful gift of life that you just said. So thank you so much for sharing this. I'm going to leave all of Amy's information in the show notes. If you guys want to connect with her, I highly recommend connecting with her, giving her a follow. All of the things she's putting out are very inspirational, very informative, very valuable, not necessarily just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, but just from a person wanting to learn more about their own spiritual intelligence as well. Thank you so much for the conversation today, Amy. I know it's going to hit people in different ways and in different industries and in different walks of life. And I truly appreciate your presence and being a part of the She Empowers community. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having this amazing platform. It was a really great conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Can't wait to share it with everybody. so much for tuning in and listening the whole way through on she empowers the podcast make sure to subscribe anywhere you are listening to podcasts and if you happen to have itunes would you do me a favor and leave a five-star review of the show so more women can learn about what we are doing over here you can also copy this link and share it on your social media and tag me at sheempowers.co. that is the way we get these beautiful messages out to more and more souls around the world thank you so much for being a part of the she empowers community until next time go lead with love and joy. Thank you.